Greetings, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. And I am joined today with none other than my friend. I work with him. I, I am very much an admirer of your work, of your brand. Drew of the Aware Brand, founder mm-hmm. and creative director. Yep. So welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. <laughs> now, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here right now. So thank you. Yes, it, it is an honor and privilege, honestly. So just so the audience knows, we go back several years, actually, when I was um, ma- founding and creating my hair product line, um, Drew brought me in to do a panel to really talk about what it meant to have a conscious brand because we were kind of the forerunners in this space and in many ways still are. Um, And so we're going to get a little bit more into how you do what you do. But before we do that, where are you from? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself, like your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Definitely. And I, I hope the animals in the background don't, you know, interrupt this conversation. But yeah, I'm, I don't hear no animals. All right, cool. <laughs> um, but I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, military child. I was born in Spain, Cadiz. My father was a Marine. My mother was in the Navy. Um, so I moved, we moved to New York um, after my mom was done with the service. Uh, we moved over to New York. Um, I was around like three years old. So I grew up in New York all up until... I graduated from high school. Um, So, um, yeah, a small town called Spring Valley, New York is what I claim. But I lived in Brooklyn for some time as a child, Um, but definitely represent the 845 Spring Valley, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Where is that? I don't even know where that is. So it's like it's like 30 minutes outside of Manhattan. It's uh, yeah, it's like right up the Hudson. They like to call it the Hudson Valley, but it's like, you know, across the George Washington Bridge. Up, up Palisades Parkway, 30 miles a year, year in my town. So not too far from Manhattan. So Beautiful. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. 30 minutes, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit more. So when you left New York, what happened? Like, I mean, that was a long I was, time ago. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting old. I'm getting old right now, man. I'm, I mean, I, but no, that's just, that's just in the mind. But no, I, um, I decided that I wanted to go to school in a different place where I didn't know anyone. Like, I was like, you know what? I want to leave this town because it was such a small town. And I felt like if I would have stayed there, I would have probably went a different direction in life. So I was like, I need to get as far away as possible from this from this town. And I ended up moving, well, I ended up going to college in Alabama. I went to Tuskegee University. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know anybody down there. I was like, you know, I'm just going to try something different, try something new. I was going to go to Morehouse. Um, but I ended up 
uh, running summer track and they wanted me to come to summer school. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And uh, <laughs> running this, with this track club, we made it to nationals. And I was like, I'm going to nationals with my, with my four by one team. <laughs> and uh, and then ended up going to Tuskegee uh, at the end of that summer. So and that was the best decision I think I could have made in that in that stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then continue on after college. Yeah, then after college, um, after college, um, stayed there for like, you know, been in Alabama, stayed in Alabama from 05 to 2010. And after that, I went to LA for a minute uh, just to try to really get into, you know, my dream, which was being a music manager, an artist manager, like in okay. a A&R. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was doing that in college. I was managing artists in college. I was producing. I had a studio in my crib, so we was making music in my house. Come on now. Uh, yeah, you know, I was throwing parties, throwing events. And I was like, nah, I need. I want to do this full time. Like, so I ended up taking an internship after I graduated from college with a music manager. Uh, will not mention his name, but at the time he was managing an artist named Keisha Cole um, and um, started working with him. And that transitioned into me leaving them for like after a month to intern for another management company. And that was uh, Adam Factory. And they were managing at the time Nas, Lady Gaga, Mindless Behavior, just to name a few artists. And I did that Ooh. for like another month. And um but I, I was living with my aunt at the time in L.A. She was like, hey, look, I know you just graduated from college and I know you're interning, but you're going to have to start paying some bills if you're going to stay here. And I was yeah, like, I'm going to get a job. So I asked my intern, uh, shit. I was like, hey, you guys, gonna, are you guys looking to hire me? What's up? Like, I need to know. Well, they say, Drew, you only been here for a month. Give it a couple more months. And I'm like, yo, I don't got a couple more months. Right, right. Uh, so God blessed me with this opportunity. I ended up getting a call uh, through a family friend who was saying that they're looking for some production assistants for the Monique show in Atlanta. Mm. My mother just moved to Atlanta about a year before that. Um, so, you know, that was my new home. Um, so I was like, all right, what, why not? I'm going to just go back to the A and, and work in production. I had no, no desire to work in television and film. I, I, my music was my heart. Um, but you know what? I said, you know what? Let me try something different. I ended up moving back to Atlanta that fall. And started working on the Monique show. I did that for it ended up being like for two seasons. Nice. And yeah. And you know, from from there, worked on Sunday's Best, worked on the game. I worked on so many shows that was at the BT Screen Gems um production facility. Um, and then worked in a couple other, you know, television and film productions with Tyler Perry and VH1. But I was doing that for like five years, and I was like, like right, these checks are cool, it's consistent, but I don't like working 13, 14, 15, 16 hour days. I don't really care for production like this. And I worked in every department. I worked in from the talent department to um uh the the account accounting department, uh get, doing people's payroll, um, working in working with the assistant directors, working with the DP. So I worked in every department and I was like, you know what, it's cool. I get to I get to understand television and film from each each side of it, but still wasn't calling me so I was like you know what I got to get up out of this um and I ended up transitioning to um you know working in marketing full-time and mm-hmm. but during that time I was doing my own thing I'll have this entrepreneurship desire uh, heart right I can't yes. not do my own thing on the side so even throughout me working in television and film I was managing artists I was you know producing my own shows my live shows which is R&B and tap 
um, for R&B, uh, and that was a platform for emerging R&B artists at the time. Um, and that was it. Like I was just hustling on the side the whole time. I was really taking right. my own checks and then putting it to my own thing. And, you know, I feel like it's a longer story, but I'm gonna stop right there. Cause I feel like I'm getting long winded. <laughs> no, it, this is about you. This is your interview. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm going to keep asking questions because we, yeah. I really want to start getting to how you transitioned into the entrepreneurial path that you're on now, because yeah. you have a brand called the aware brand. So mm-hmm. awareness as we know it is aligned with consciousness is aligned with higher being higher vibrations with love energy Mm. and you have on a beautiful hoodie now god is woman yeah uh and so really want to start getting into what inspired this shift first of all into you know 100 percent entrepreneur also what was it that shifted you into like this more awareness path this aware path this more spiritual path that's great. I think my last production job shifted me. Um, I was working on set. I got fired. And my boss was like, yo, I'm gonna let you go, man. And it's not because of like who you are or like the work. I just don't feel like you're passionate about this, Drew. And I see your passion. I know what you're passionate about. And I want to push you out the door. And <laughs> I am... This is this is me letting you go to do that. And it was right around my birthday. And I was like, you would fire me around my birthday, bro. Like, come on, man. And at the time, I was really, I was literally like feeling myself transitioning. I was probably like 26 or around the time, around that time. And I just started producing like RB and tap too. So I started just started, you know, doing my shows, my live shows. And um yeah, he fired me. And I'm like, bro, come on, man. So I don't know. I, I called my boy and uh, I was like, bro, I got fired. What am I going to do? He was like, bro, just go to your local uh, pharmacy, get you a journal and start journaling. You're okay. Oh, I was like, okay. He's like, yo, there's nothing wrong. Like just journal how you feel about this whole situation. Mm. And, um, I did that and I was just pouring so much out. I didn't even know I had all these feelings inside of me, you mm. know, as I was journaling. I was like, wow. And then I ended up getting a book by Deepak Chopra called Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Yes. And um, I don't know how I ended up getting that book, but I just started reading it and it was opening me up. Like I was just like, what? How did I miss out on all this information? Deepak, tell me more. Like, you know, just tell me more. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, and that book was really heavy on self-awareness. Yes. So um, I woke up out of my sleep around like two or three in the morning and the the word aware came to me. And again, mind you, this is around 2015, 2016, and we're just coming out of all this police brutality, right? There's so much happening. Yes, to us. that was you know, like the height of the black. Yeah, that was yeah, the was, black lives matter. That was the height of it, right? Yeah, that was the riots and all this. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm tired of I'm tired of going in the streets and rioting. I'm tired of like protesting. Same. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm tired mm-hmm. of all of this. Like, there has to be another way. Right. And and it dawned on me, it was like, yo, it's us. And not to point fingers, but to more, more to take accountability of like, what's happening. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm tired of saying, well, it's them. Nah, what can we do as a culture, Black people in America and around the world, what can we do to own our power more? Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking about the word aware, I was saying, damn, we're lacking Mm self-awareness. We're lacking awareness of who we are and our innate power within. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we, we don't even know how to connect with that. And we're the most powerful beings on this planet. And, right. we, don't even, and then we don't even know how to even connect, but they strip that away from us. Right. But, but you know, how do we uh, align back with that power? Like, what are the steps? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a student of this game and learn it and, and pour into myself right now. So that's what started the whole self-awareness journey. Just picking it. up a book and picking up and, and picking up a journal and starting writing. So nice. um, I called my brother up, Rich, and who, who was the one who suggested to get the journal. And I was like, yo, I woke up out of my sleep last night. Um, I feel like we got to do something with this word aware. I'm not sure we're gonna, what we're going to do with it, but we're going to do something with it. Um, maybe we start off with doing a hat and T-shirt and just sell it out of our trunk. And that's what, what it was, you know, that was around 2015, 2016, just doing it, like, doing super light stuff. I had, you know, a hat, a shirt, giving it away to family and friends, and that was it, because um, I was really focused on my music stuff still. So, fast forward to 2017, I was like, all right, you know what, I want to take this brand a little bit more seriously. Like, people are asking about it. People are buying these little 12 shirt runs, 25 shirt runs. All right, let me let me get a website. Let me get a photo shoot going. Let me let me let me let me package this brand up and really give it to the world at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened around 2017. We start we launched the website. Um, we added a few more pieces to the collection, and we just started pushing from there. Um, you know, and at the same time, I was still working. I wasn't a full time entrepreneur yet. I was still working. I, I I dove into the marketing world. I started working for a marketing agency as a as a as an experiential marketing tour manager. So working with different brands like Coca Cola, Sprite, Sirius XM, Def Jam as a record label, and just really taking their products um, to different markets and setting up at different events or building our own activations in different markets and just touring around the country doing that. But yes. that afforded me to really learn about subcultures in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really just understand people in the middle of America. I, and pe- I was literally in the middle of Trump's campaign in Arkansas, in Oklahoma, and I was seeing like how people were gravitating to his his campaign for his presidency. Yeah. Wow, this is crazy. I was in Ohio. I was like, I was in these different parts of the country um, and just learning about Americans and American mm-hmm. culture. And yeah. then and not only that, just but subculture and black culture. Right. Because I think people forget that, you know, black people in America, they're a subculture. There's a subculture under black Americans. Right. Yeah. People from Houston, like, you know, that's the, the whole different culture than where I'm from in New York. And, you know, you got New York different from Detroit with that you experience as well with me. So, you know, it, it afforded me to just travel and just see and understand just culture. Um, and then, so around 2018, I feel like I'm going through a whole timeline, 2018, yeah. I, I decided to move to Detroit. I started over. I lost my job working at this marketing agency. I didn't have shit. I hope I could curse. I didn't have anything. Um, and you know, I was literally dead broke and I just had a dream and God led me to move to Detroit and I called my boy. He was like, yo, I think this might be the move for you. Omar, who I think you met. And um, 
he uh, was like, yo, I got a couch. You could just make your way up here and, you you know, start start over. And I literally did that. Like, I, I, I took God's voice and I was like, God, if you want me to go to Detroit, I'll do it. And mind you, I had no future thoughts of living in Detroit. I don't even care to live in Detroit. I don't even like mm-hmm. Michigan, none of that. So ended up going up there. And within six months, I ended up getting my dream job working with a liquor company as an activation manager. And I was like, dang, all right, maybe this was worth it. And then pushing the brand out there, the Aware brand, and we was catching a lot of traction. I was able to activate and do events. I worked with you on a brand activation with your mm-hmm. brand. Um, and, you know, it was beautiful, you know what I mean? And I was, I was able to, you know, create a community in Detroit, um, build with some people. And, uh, you know, from there, I would say just fast forwarding from 2018 up until now, you know, cause I lost my job due to COVID. And I would say from 2020 to 2020 to 2023 or 2022, I was a full-time entrepreneur. Literally, like, all I did was focus on the Aware brand. Yeah. uh, Put a lot of energy into that. And I noticed when I put energy into something, it goes. And that may be the metaphysics, right? It's like, you know, pulling from that substance, that God substance, and just really, like, manifesting what I want through thought, through affirmations, through action, um, and just really uh, just honing in, right? And and tapping into that ether um, that we all have access to but doesn't have to practice and work on it right so um yeah we ended up landing the deal with Foot Locker in the middle of COVID started off with two stores um that two stores now is grew to 40 stores and here we are today in this conversation <laughs> come on God come I on, hope that, God. Yeah, that, was, that was a super long yeah but everybody's listening right now like I know listening it was and watching and, and they watching. are so impressed and and because I, you are, I already told you, the first black male I had on this show. We don't have, we haven't had many men. And we talk about things that are, are deep too, and sometimes traumatic and painful. And I want to go back to when you were talking about your journaling, because a lot of men, we don't really hear them talk about their emotions and what they're going through. And I would like for you, if it's if it's okay for you to give us a little preview of maybe some of your entries, like what were some of the things you were processing oh, as you were going through this transition in your life? One of the biggest things I processed was forgiveness. I had to mm-hmm. forgive myself mm. for putting myself in situations that I probably shouldn't have been in, mm. but it was life, right? So can't carry it anymore. So in order to drop it, I had to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I forgave my mother, who I felt like hurt me along my life, but not in a bad way. And she subconsciously did it. She didn't intentionally hurt me. But a lot of us deal with parent trauma, like parental trauma. And, you know, our parents did the best they could possibly do. But some of them just was in a cycle and only only do what they were taught from their parents. Period. Period. And um, so I think you know, I had to forgive her for the stuff she didn't do intentionally, but just the things that she said to me, I was like, because it affected me in certain ways. And I was raised just by a single parent. I was raised by my mother. So I didn't have a father, you know, that, but the, the, you know, she tried her best to give me that masculine energy, but a woman can't do that right all the way. You know, so, um, so I had to learn to forgive her for that. I had to forgive 
the women that I dated in my life. I had to forgive. I, I called, it was crazy. I called people who I thought I hurt. And I was like, can you forgive me? And this is like in the beginning of the process. Like this is like me, like just like probably my first journal book. Like I was just like, no, I gotta forgive. And so I would say that was like a huge part of it, right? So I could at least release, you know, like a release all the turmoil, all the pain, all of the bad experiences, all of the the mental blockages that I was incurring on myself, I had to let it go. And I think the biggest thing of, the biggest way to release is to forgive. So, and a lot of us don't forgive ourselves. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? I have to yes. forgive myself. Um, so yeah, that was one of the things. I mean, child trauma, I mean, it, you know, that was in the beginning. And I think over time, I've always like done like different rituals. Like I've practiced um, with some, uh, Aoife priest, priestess that does some ancestral rituals with her. Um, I've gone to Sedona and done some, some, some rituals, you know, uh, out there. Um, so I'm always practicing and healing. I think the healing process is always going to be ongoing because you got to think about all the stuff that if you started at 30 years old, you got to think about all the trauma that you done brought on from zero to 30. It's a lot. It's like all these grooves that's in your mind, in your brain, you have to kind of compound on the healing. And that takes time. It took 30 years to, to get you to that point. Think about how many, how many years it's going to take for you to heal. Healing is not an overnight process. So I try to like at least focus on the healing part continuously, like throughout my life every day. Um, and that's just affirming my life, like who I am and just like kind of like staying in tune with God. And, I'll, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm like the most perfect person. I have my relapse. I relapse into being the old version of myself, you mm -hmm. know, but that's that that's part of the process. Right. You're going to, yes. you know what I'm saying? You're going to yes. because your you, you, your mind knows one way of thinking or a couple of ways of thinking that doesn't probably serve you anymore, but you will going to autopilot sometimes and it and then going into autopilot is will be the um process of what you used to operate under so um so i i, I have to be conscious at all times try to be conscious at all times of my actions and what i'm doing um but yeah i would say like the forgiveness part i know we went to a whole other another part but yeah forgiveness is definitely yes. one of the deeper things that i had to do with and then also just like the childhood trauma and just working on that part for sure that's beautiful. And what resonates so deeply with me is that forgiveness piece, because even to this day, I am still working through my own self-judgment. Like I have I'm my, my harshest critic. And anytime I come up against challenge, like I was just sharing with you, like life is just challenging. It's fucking challenging. And people always can point fingers at me and say, I'm doing this wrong, or I'm doing that wrong, or I'm this person, or I'm that. And we have a tendency if our voice and our knowing of self is not strong enough to internalize the bullshit, internalize the judgment from others as our own. And so when you talk about that forgiveness, it has to start with ourselves because if we don't see the purity in ourselves, if we don't see the goodness and truth in ourselves, then nobody fucking can. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody can. And that's essentially where the work begins. And so that's really beautiful that you were like in your first journal, you're like, not only journaling, but you making phone calls and talking to people about it. And that's like, that takes a lot of courage and also a lot of vulnerability. 
And that's something we don't hear from men in general. And, and with that said, I want to just dig a little bit more into that in terms of the vulnerability in men. Do you have these kinds of conversations like with your with your boy, with your 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 mates, with um, like guys that you work with, or or people that you work yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm probably the most vulnerable person. I can be vulnerable. I was told in my dating life that I wasn't that vulnerable. In okay. The past. Um, so I tried to work on being vulnerable, but you know, for me, I'm a warrior. So I think like me being a little too vulnerable with the wrong person can be used against me. So I have to yes. use discernment. Yes. Oh, so I'm being vulnerable with. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, but with my boys in my close knit circle, oh yeah, we 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 talk, we talk, we talk about real things. Like we don't, we don't, you know, shy away from being vulnerable with each other. Um, and then my relationships, you know, with my mates, you know, when I was in a relationship. Um, my last relationship in particular, like I, I tried to be very vulnerable, um, but you know, that kind of got, got me in the, in the bad space with that. <laughs> so, you know, in what I, way? I mean, I don't, that's I don't, like every I don't, girl's dream for a man to be emotionally yeah, available. I think I was probably, I, I think I was, I think I wasn't getting that vulnerability back though. And that okay. was, was causing a, a blockage, but you know, mm-hmm. my story might be different from hers. But I would say, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, yeah, my, but, you know, um, yeah, I, I try to be vulnerable. I, I tell people all the time, I'm an, I'm an open book. You just got to ask me the right questions. Right. You got to go, turn to the right page because right. I'm, I'm a very multi-layered individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have to peel the, the layers back, but you have to do the work. But I'll give you the answers if you if you know how to get there or if you want to get there. You just got to ask. You know, um, so vulnerability is very key. And I feel like I'm right now, I'm in a very vulnerable stage in my life right now, too. Right, right now, my homegirl is like, yo, be careful with the young ladies who you're dating right now because they could sense vulnerability. And, and some some women ain't really on your team. They just want to, they might, they might see you like vulnerable and they be like, oh, I want this. Like, I need this all out of him and, and use it against, not really say use it against me, but use it to their advantage more or less. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it may well, that's even- when you say that discernment comes in because when you're oh. able to exercise that discernment, then you're really able to see is this person for me or not. Yeah, and sometimes those tricky situations or those taker situations or those user situations, and I've had my share and mm-hmm. continue to, um, it actually they're actually lessons from God and in, in, in us strengthening ourselves. And being able to, because they're usually painful. That's really what it is. is we want to avoid the pain. But it's in those pain, in that pain, when you realize someone's betraying you or doesn't think the best of you, even when you have the best intentions, that you're like, okay, this just forces me to look back at myself. Why am I inflicting this judgment on myself back to your forgiveness? So even if you do are vulnerable and attract someone who takes advantage per se, it's nothing but a deeper lesson that you needed to get to that next level. And that's why I never anymore, I used to get to the point where I'd just be like destitute, like totally just like, I say destitute, but just like, I, I literally would just be so depressed and so, you know, despondent and, 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 and unhappy with my decisions or where I was in life when I really was, these were just opportunities for me to just go deeper and learn more and extract greater lessons so I can move higher. Because it's like growing pains, you know, we have to be able to grow and, and 
feel that pain in order to have the wings to really fly. And so that's what it is. I love that you mentioned growing pains because somebody asked me how I was doing yesterday. And I said, I'm, I'm good, but I'm just going through growing pains right now. And, you know, I, I embrace it. You know, I, 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 I used to try to run away from the growing pains. Like, damn, yeah. why does... But I think, like you said, in order to expand, right, and, and get those wings to soar and excel, you, you have to go through the pain. It's like working yes. out. That's why I work out, because it reminds me, like, yo, the mm-hmm. pain is working. Like, yes. the pain is I'm, I'm actually stretching my muscles, and I'm working the muscles, and it's going to be a stronger muscle. So I, I use that as an analogy for life. If I'm going through something, like you said, it's a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's all about perspective, right? Like, cause so you can be the what was me type of person, like, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh my God, like, uh, and, and be missing the whole picture, right? Or you can be yeah. like, wow, okay, this happened. Let me take a couple steps back. Let me let me look at this a little bit from a full point of view perspective and see how I can pull the lessons out of this issue, right? Yeah, it may suck. It may it, you may feel fucked up about it at the moment, but right. there's a lesson in it. And, and you have to look at it. If you have a perspective like that, it will take me a long way for sure. Yes. And I love that you brought up that victim mindset because that's essentially what it is, that woe is me or blaming other people on for everything too. Like that's the situation that I find myself in is I'm always the blame for other people's problems or other people's issues. And it's like, instead of like having that victim mindset or that blaming others, having that awareness. And so I really want you to define what aware awareness, what aware means to you, because that's <laughs> the name of your brand. You're talking yeah. you. Can you, for, can you define what it means to you? Oh man. Describe or. Yeah. I think means. aware means to me. Well, we started the brand. So I, you know, and I, I feel like I, I over, I didn't even talk about why we started the aware brand. Well, we did. It was because I wanted people and even myself right to be more aware of who we are but that starts with self-love you know it's the love that the love is the key the love is the answer right and you know for me self-awareness or just aware is anchored in love but it's all it's also being aware how you internally feel right it's about being aware of the external, what's going on outside of your body. Um, being aware that, you know, there is a higher power that's really driving this whole thing, you know, and and and, and knowing that you have access to that power mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, being an aware human to me is being mentally healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, so just, you know, working through the, the mental constraints that you may have on a day-to-day basis, but knowing that being aware of there are tools, there are people that can help you work through the mental and become a healthier person mentally, physical health, you know, being a, a physically healthy, working out, you know, uh, doing yoga, uh, just motion, body motion, you know, utilizing mm-hmm. what we were gifted with um, through a physical component and then spiritually right um spiritually healthy and it doesn't matter what you practice as a religion yeah uh, you know 
as long as you use that as a vehicle to get in tune with the highest source, the highest source, the the, the most high, which is God. Yes. Yes. And so that's what an aware human is to me, mentally healthy, physically healthy, and spiritually healthy. Um, and it's all rooted in love. Mm. Come on now. I always talk about this in my podcast because I'm always like, we have three bodies. We have our physical body, we have our emotional, or to your point, the mental body. And then we have our etheric, our, our spiritual, our soul. And if we aren't tapping into all three, then we aren't activating our fullest potential. And yep. most people are physically inclined. Like we're all so smart. Like we went to college or grad school or these things and we want to use our brain all the time. But that's only like 33% of who we are. We're still, yep. we're, the majority of our, our being is latent or it's not even active. It's like dead mm. almost, you know? And then now we've kind of moved into this space of like mental health. So there is a little bit more awareness around, okay, how am I actually feeling? For most people, they don't even know. You know, you ask someone, how are you? Everyone says fine or good. Most mm. people don't even know what their feelings mean. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to exercise that, like you did your whole journal path and yep. you're vulnerable now. You, you talk to people, you talk about how you feel, like you know how you feel. Yep. That's exercising that aspect of yourself. And yep. then it's the soul part, which a lot of us really don't know because that's the God self, you know, you spoke, mm. spoke about. And that's when we're having to listen and, and not be talking so much and really, you know, use our intuition and yes. move, you know, yes. and flow. And yes. so you you hit yes. all of that on the head. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Nah, and yes. I love, I love um what you were saying, like expressing how you feel. There's an exercise. There's a there's a woman that is like a spiritual mentor of mine. Her name is Lola Wright. And uh, she, we did this exercise. Well, I used to be a part of this cohort uh, last year. We actually, I finished the cohort. It's a twelve week program to become like a, a spiritual coach in a sense. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or more like a yeah. I was, I, was I, I coined it like a more of an awareness coach. Okay. I'm still getting my chops up because I haven't even put myself out there yet to be a coach, and I'm I, I'm not sure mm -hmm. if I even want to even go in that direction as mm -hmm. of yet. Um. But it's the feeling state, right? And you have to use how you're feeling and ending it with ing, right? So there's a tingling in my belly. There's a uh, a, 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 a clenching in my jaw. Like being able to express how you feel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, instead of saying, I'm okay or I'm good, but like talk about the sensations that you're feeling in your body. And when you can connect to the sensations, sensations, I'm sorry, you're able to kind of like connect it to something else. Like, why am I clenching my jaw? Why am I feeling this tingling in my, my belly or my tingling in my chest or um, a rumbling? Like, why am I feeling this way? So that now it, it takes it to a deeper level of connecting those sensations to, you know, that feeling, you know? Yes, absolutely. And when we connect, that essentially is kind of like the mind-body connection because most people aren't connected to the body. And when we're fully embodied, like that's when we're really able to activate our divinity. And most of the time we're not fully feeling into our body. Like, like when we're feeling it, we're like, oh, my tummy hurts, but then why? And like now when I'm able to feel it and sense it, I know, oh, wow, I'm anxious. Like this person makes me uncomfortable or I don't feel safe. You know, I'm able to discern what the pain in my body is telling me. And so I love that you are invited to really at least fill into the senses and acknowledge them 
And then I feel like when you kind of get to that next step is when you're able to like get the messages from those feelings, because that's what, you know, being in your body embodied. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah. It's deep. But I was, I was going to go into a conversation, but I, I think that that would be for more of a one-on-one, not on a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I love that. And so I, I want to dig a little bit more deeper because this is the Meta Business Millennial Podcast into oh, yeah. the business of the aware brand. So, I mean, you said you were sleeping on your friend couch. You were yeah. selling t-shirts out the trunk. Yeah. And then now you're in 40 Foot Locker. So yeah. can you kind of speak to, first of all, like how did you grow it? And then how are you sustainable today? Like, you know, are there any practices too that you think are unique to your company that make you successful? It's so, it's so interesting that you ask that question. And, and, and also I'm, I'm sure when people hear, wow, you have a retail partnership, you know, a, a big one, Foot Locker is one of the biggest retailers in the world. Um, you know, I also, I feel like we're still in the baby stage. I'm still figuring it out. So when yeah. people are like, yo, give me the, give me the tricks. Give me the, give, I'm like, yo, I'm still figuring this shit out. Like I, I, I am figuring this out. But I would say, mm-hmm. number one thing, have a strong team. And my team, you know, I have to give my team some kudos. You know, I feel like I've definitely been like pulling the, 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 the plane. I'm like, ah, come on, let's go, let's go. I've been pulling them, but. You know, they show up when they need to. Um, so anybody who's out there listening and watching, like, you know, make sure your team is tight. You know what I mean? And and then not only that, not just having a team, but having people in the right seats, you know, um, yes. playing the right role. I think yes. that's, you know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> Look at that. you felt that one. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, you know. I love that one. Yeah, just like playing the right role, man. I mean... We had to do. We we dealt with some 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 of that internally. You know what I mean? Like people weren't playing the right role, and I'm like, all right, let's figure this out. Like it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we know that. I know that you're down for the cause, but like, let's get into these skill sets that you naturally have and put you in a position to expose those skill sets and and fine tune those skill sets so you could be a master and an expert in that space. Yeah, that's the key, right? Yeah, want yes. experts in the seats. We don't want mediocre or anybody just trying. Now we need experts. At right. this point, we want to yield and scale up. We gotta, we gotta put the right people in the right seat. So that's one thing. Um, you know, being innovative, you know what I'm saying? And, and and being ahead of the curve. I think the reason why the aware brand has success right now is because we were one of the first collectives talking about self-awareness before it was even cool. Yes, definitely. I, I don't. I didn't see anybody talking about being aware or this self love stuff before us. I'm. I'm sorry. Like if they were, they were around. They wasn't as big, or they was in their own little community, whatever. But I think we was one of the first brands to like kind of marry this streetwear thing with self awareness and self love on a major level. Um, and I. And again, I still like. I feel like we still ain't even at that level where we need to be at. You know, yeah, what I'm saying we're still growing. But now I'm seeing a lot of streetwear brands kind of like on that same kick. Um, but also, I will also say, so being ahead of the curve, trusting your intuition, trusting that whatever that God downloaded on you, that vision and that desire that you have, that you have to just go with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, because again, like we were, one of the, we were one of the first brands to be on this type of time, but we didn't know people were gonna latch on to it. And it's funny, we did this and we started in 2016. We now catch, we started catching the wave 
four years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you gotta be faithful in the the in the in the in the thought that was downloaded on you from God. Yes. Know that it's gonna work out. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta know it's gonna work, you know. So, and that 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 is when you have faith like that, there's nothing that can stop you, you know. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I you know, so faith, having a strong team, um, systems and processes, like SPs, you know. Uh, and we're still building that out. I'm actually really starting over on building the system and process for the Aware brand. Um, and then also because, you know, when you have that system and process together, um, you have a strong, well-oiled machine. You know what I'm saying? If you're just in a, a disarray, you're just working, doing everything, going with it, just going about the process every day. You don't even know what you're doing. You're just going about it. You're going to crash into a wall. I'm just yeah, like, <laughs> you're going to crash into a wall. It's not sustainable at all. So building that system and process out um, and just love what you do at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, just love it. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be those down moments. You know, you know, you know those those $10,000 months, those $20,000 months, those $30,000 months might turn into a $1,500 month, you know, consecutively. You know what I'm saying? So you got to know, <laughs> like, you got to be like, all right, this is just a down moment. I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying locked in. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in, on, on it, you know. So um, I'm hoping I'm answering your question. Um, it's just really just, you know, building out a system, building out a team that works out for you at the end of the day. And I think that for me, it, you know, we we're continuously doing that. And I just have a strong team and we've been we've, we've been getting there, you know, and we got so much more to do, so much more to do. So many, so many other things to accomplish where we're, I still feel like we're a baby you know, just, just crawling away and eventually we're about to start walking this thing. Okay, I'm not even walking yet. Okay. I don't think we're walking yet. Okay. I don't think we're walking, because this, this brand is going to be around for like, this brand is going to be around for like 50 to 100 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, I want this minimum. to be, a, yeah, it's going to minimum. You know what I mean? This is going to be a staple brand that that started in America. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, that now is global. And it's transforming people's lives, not yes. just apparel. Because I, ha- I try to tell people, this is not an apparel company. This is a lifestyle company. We're creating a lifestyle of aware humans. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what we that's what we creating here. And hopefully, a person can come here, be inspired, be impacted, and start their own self awareness journey. Or we add to somebody's self awareness journey that they're already on, and they just met a crew, and in the, the movement and a group of people that's on the same page as them, and they found their community, they found their tribe. Yes. that's what we're doing. I love it. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your vision, your long-term vision, because I often ask people that too, and you just volunteered it. So thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Nah, yeah, um, yeah, that's easy. Like anybody can ask me, I'm trying to, this is a brand that's going to be around. I want this for my kids, my kids, my yo, and whoever, my partners that's involved with me, I want this for their family as well. Yes. You know, I want this for their families. I want their families to eat off of this forever. You know what I'm saying? Because we're building this up together. So, you know, um, this is, this is legacy. This is something that I can definitely stand on and say, this is my legacy brand. Mm-hmm. I got other brands I'm working on, but this is definitely my legacy brand for yeah. sure. Period. So I hope I answered your question from going to two to four forty stores in Foot Locker. Yes. You know, having a good team and all that stuff. But yeah, 
for sure. And one thing, one thing that deeply resonated with me when you talked about is your faith. And I recently um, had a podcast where I was talking about spiritual discipline. And that I think is what st- started to ring and resonate with me in terms of like how it aligned with kind of how I feel felt from what you were saying is that when you're disciplined in your walk, when you're disciplined in your purpose, when you're disciplined in your mission from God to bring forth this lifestyle brand that's going to lift up human consciousness and, and people around the world, then it don't matter what the numbers look like. It don't matter how like you got to stay up to do the work. It don't matter who you got to get in an argument with today or who, you know, who coming for you that, you know, whatever challenges look like that, you know, what the end goal is. So you have to keep, you have to be disciplined. You have to wake up and trust and know that this was for me and no one can take that from me. And that's kind of what I felt from that. I love that. I love that you took that. They got that. Oh, makes me feel good. Sure. <laughs> sure. Awesome. All right. Well, this kind of wraps up our podcast for today. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We already did uh, made it to the to the time limit. Wow. Dang. <laughs> I was gonna go longer. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, if you don't mind just sharing with our listeners and our viewers how they can tap in with you or and also, you know, support the aware brand, that'd be really great. Well, for those who are watching and listening, you made it here, you made it to the end. Um, I just want to thank you for staying tuned in. Um, if you want to learn more, you can find me on Instagram at Daz the Great. That's D-A-S-T-H-E, great. And you can follow the brand at The Aware Brand, T-H-E, Aware Brand, on all social media platforms. Um, and then go to the website, theawarebrand.com. We have a lot of great products on the site. We got some home goods. We got some apparel, a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, and then check out our YouTube page, too. I mean, we, we do a, a, a segment called Aware Combos, where we interview aware humans all over the place, all over the globe. And, you know, your girl, Erin Harris, she will be on our platform one day. It's very soon. Um, so we can talk about her story. Um, but yeah, check out our YouTube page. Got a lot of dope content on there. But um, stay tuned in. We got a lot of stuff, you know, locked in. If you're in the New York City area, Tri-State area, go to one of the Foot Lockers and, you know, shop with us as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you. And for all the listeners and viewers, this concludes this episode of the Meta Business Millennial. Please check us out on the next cast. And in the meantime, you can follow me at I am Aaron Patton on social media. Also, the Meta Business Millennial has a podcast too on Instagram and on YouTube. And um, of course, there are resources that you can continue to source for your enlightening enlightenment journey at themetabusiness.world. And until we see you again, much love and light to you. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial podcast? Well, I am honored. And I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace. Peace.